tell you, I am. Uh, every week I get to, or every chance I get to leave worship, and Nate's out of town this week, and he asked me who could lead, and I just said, man, I would love just to have opportunity to lead. And, um, and I tell you, I've led worship longer than I've been a youth pastor, and so it's, it's near and dear to my heart. And so to be able to lead you guys is, is an honor. And so I, I say this a lot, and I say this in a way that I don't mean it demeaning or aggravating or anything like that. I, I mean this with all my heart when we, when we sing and we, we worship, man. I really ask and I pray that we don't miss it because God has something for us in our, in our praise time. And uh, I know it's early. But if you guys, I've seen you guys worship at conferences. I've seen you guys wake up way earlier than this and scream and holler and shout and get crazy for Jesus. And so that's what I invite you guys to do. I know it's early, but, uh, but sometimes it's okay. It's okay. So I'm glad you guys are here. And if you're with us for the first time again, my name is Ryan. I get the pleasure and honor of hanging out with STS, and, which means student to student. And this morning we had students leading, not only in here, but we had students leading in the den and upstairs. And uh, it was so cool to see these students lead worship. I was able to just kind of poke my head in and hear uh, you guys lead. And it's just, it is so super cool. And uh, so this morning I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And over the past few weeks, we've been going through this study of Mark, and I've been really just excited and stoked and blown away about what God has been doing through this series and, uh, and just what he's showing me. And um, as, we, as I've been studying and as we've been reading, and it's just been so just really, really cool. And uh, so the cool thing is, or one cool thing about this is on Sunday mornings, we talk about a section in the chapter of Mark that hopefully you're reading in your quiet times during the week. And then on Sunday nights in our D groups, you know, we, we went to a D group system uh, a couple of weeks ago because in your surveys, you said two things. You said that your D groups didn't have enough time and they weren't or your table groups didn't have enough time and they weren't deep enough. That was what you said in your surveys. Your parents said it in their surveys. We heard that over 50% of the surveys that, that we took about D group or table groups, those were the consensus that there wasn't enough time and they weren't deep enough. Well, number two is caused by number one. And so we've given you guys an hour to meet in the afternoons that we want you guys to be a part. Uh, your leaders are here. They want to serve you. They want to love on you. They want to encourage you. Some have food, uh, and then some, you know, food's a good way to get you here, so we'll have food for you. But uh, we want you to be a part. We don't want you to miss it because what we talk about this morning piggybacks on what we talk about tonight, so we, we, we fill the whole chapter and what we do in our in our uh, D groups. And then at 345, we would love for you to come join us and help us serve. Uh, we've, we're gonna get our video announcement system down because you guys have done a phenomenal job uh, doing announcements and we're gonna get that a little more refined. So make sure that you're here for that. And then we've got Tell Team and all the other teams, basketballs uh, tonight. So we want you guys to join us for that. That starts at 345. So if you can come, Come on. And we're done by six o'clock. So, you know, a lot of parents say, well, you know, what about family dinner? And we want to respect that. So we're done at six. And then you can uh, you can go ahead to dinner with your family or you can go out to eat with a lot of us who usually go out to eat. So that's up to you. But uh, 
Speaking of going out to eat, uh, I'm just wondering, is there anybody like me who, when you go out to eat, if you go to a restaurant that's a familiar restaurant, like one you go to often, you pretty much order the same thing. Does anybody else do that? Like, yeah, like when I go, like I've got certain places when I go to Goldberg's, I always get bacon and eggs. That's just what I get because their bacon is from heaven and it just is so good. So I get bacon and eggs. And then when I go to Taco Mac, I get the same thing. I get a side salad with ranch and I get six wings. That's just what I do every single time. Uh, you know, when I go to Taco Bell, no, I just don't go to Taco Bell. So, uh, but <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, Taco Bell's pretty good. You get that bean burrito, you know, it's, it's. So anyway, so you know, it, it, familiarity, and, and we, get, we go to the same places, and we hear, or excuse me, and we order the same things. And what's funny is church is kind of the same way, because we can, we can come to church, and we can hear a lot of the stories that we've heard since we were little. And we hear these stories, and we hear them like, nah, it's not, I won't learn anything new. I don't want to try to hear anything new. I know the story. I know it's a big deal, and I know what Jesus did, but it's like, I, I'm just, I'm okay with not knowing the next step or the next phase or, or, or maybe diving a little deeper. And that's kind of what this morning is. It's kind of what this morning's Bible study is because when we look at Mark chapter 6, we are talking about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, if you've been in church world, if you've grown up in church world, or you've been around church, just by a show of hands, how many of you have heard Jesus feeding the 5,000? Anybody ever heard that story? Okay, so every one of us. And now, just just because you've heard it before, how many of you have heard that the 5,000, there was actually more than 5,000 people there, okay? So what was that number that you've heard, just roughly? 15, yeah, 15, 20,000 people. So we know the story. We, we, we're familiar with the story, and we're going to read the story, and just, we're just going to read these few verses, and we're going to kind of pick it apart a little bit. And we understand we've heard this story before. We know about the, two, the five loaves and the two fish, and, and we understand that. But I really want to see and talk about why Jesus did this. Because there's a reason that we cannot miss, and there's, there's some things that we cannot skip over while we are studying the scripture. So I, I invite you, take some notes, take some, we have note sheets for you for not only in here, but uh, in our, our big church service. And we want you to take those with you, but let's dive in here. We're gonna read and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll tear it apart in the remaining few moments. Cool, is that cool? Look at me and just say cool. Thank you, all right, make sure you're with me. All right, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't have a chance to eat, he said, come with me and uh, by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, Jesus is, he knows that so many times in ministry and so many times you get burdened, like you get busy and you get busy. Like, like this afternoon, uh, you know, we have these go teams and we have go teams and then D groups and we say, man, it's just a lot going on, two and a half hours or two hours and 15 minutes. That's a ton of time. And we understand that. And so there are times like last week, we just took off and we just had like a little mini sabbatical and we just rested because those times are good. There's nothing bad about it. Those times are good. Even Jesus says, let's, let's take a break. Sometimes you need a breather. You need to recharge. You need to refuel. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So it was about eight miles. They're running on foot. They're like, they're just, they're just running and running and running, just 
bolting there. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And by this time, it was late in the day, and his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send some people away so they can go surround the country, uh, go to the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And so they kind of backed up and kind of laughing to themselves. Jesus, that would take eight months of a man's wage. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? And Jesus kind of looked at him and said, how, how many loaves do you have? And said, go and see. And so they found out the, the little boy, and we understand that the other gospels, the little boy whose mama packed his lunch and said, I have five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups in the green grass because it's a time out that was kind of evidence that it was springtime when Jesus is, is doing this. And so sit down in the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples and set to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who, have eaten, who had eaten was 5,000. And so we hear the story. We know the story. We've heard the story. We, we could probably tell anyone about this story. But what, what, do we need to, what do we need to pick out? Well, what's interesting about this to me is just like, you remember we told the story of Jesus, Jesus, he was teaching in a room, he was teaching in this house, and these four guys had a friend, and they, they brought him in, and they busted a hole through the ceiling, and they dropped, dropped him right to the feet of Jesus. You remember that story from a couple of weeks ago? And so we understand that, but Jesus does the same thing here. Because if you remember back, do you remember the first need that Jesus met with the man who was crippled? Does anybody remember that first need that he met? Anybody? Forgiveness? His spiritual need, absolutely. They both go hand in hand. He met his spiritual need. Well, the same thing, Jesus does the exact same thing here with the people. He gets to him and he had, verse 34, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep are stupid. Sheep are really dumb. And it's, it's funny to me how oftentimes in Scripture, Jesus and God, they, the, the, the Psalms talk about sheep and us being the sheep. Like, thanks, God, you're just calling me stupid. I, you know, I get that all the time, but I don't need it from you too, but no, I'm just kidding. So it's like, he says they're like sheep without a, a shepherd and he has compassion on them. And so what does he do? He, it was late in the day, and, and so he wanted to feed them. But first, before he fed them, he had compassion on them. He wanted to meet their spiritual need. And then, after he met their spiritual need, as he taught them, he began to teach them, what did he do? What was the second need? that, Just like the guy who was crippled, he has a spiritual need fixed, and then what? His physical need. And that's what Jesus does. He, he goes find some, in verse, uh, verse 36, he tells the disciples, go and find some loaves and fish. And 
and bread was a hot commodity at the time. So when I'm talking, when we talk about loaves and fish, we think like we go down and get some harvest grain bread from, you know, or some Wonder Bread. I don't know how many do any of y'all eat Wonder Bread? Okay, I don't either. So, <laughs> Will you eat? You do. You eat Wonder Bread. Do you wear the cape around the house too? And like ah, peanut butter and jelly. Caleb, does he do that? He does. It gets old, doesn't it? But so. <laughs> And so, so he, it's not like the big old loaves. These are like small little, small little loaves and it would be a circle and it'd be really super thin and people would eat many of these. Like five loaves was not a big deal for a person to eat because they might be some, it's almost like a pancake. That's really what it looks like. It's, it's that pancake size. Some are small, some are big, but it's five loaves. And then the fish, we always think of a fish like a trout or a bass or something big. It's like, boom, we got this big, look at this big old bass. This is it. No, and there's two of them. No, that's not what it was. It was like sardine size, like little bitty, like this. And that's the two fish and the five loaves that Jesus got from this little boy. And so he met his, the spiritual need, starts teaching them, and then they meet, he meets the physical need and starts feeding them. So he fed them spiritually, and then he feeds them physically. And he multiplies in this big, huge miracle. I, I would love to see, if, there, if there's TiVo in heaven about the miracles of Jesus, I would love to see that one on how he just kept pulling out the bread and kept pulling out the fish out of the basket after he gave thanks. I, I just, I want to see how that just transpired. I would love to watch the people's faces as they, 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 they just get fed. And I would love to see the little boy's reaction. I would love to see the little boy's reaction as he just gave five loaves and two fish. And I would love to see him go home and tell his mama about what Jesus had done. I would love to see that. And I know that sounds weird, but I would love to see that because in our lives, in your life, we need to understand there are two things that we can grasp from this. There are two things that we can see in this miracle that we don't really catch all the time. And number one, if you're taking notes, as I was studying this, it gave two examples, and I could not get any better. Like these, these so, so I am using these from a former pastor. I, I just couldn't have said it any better. Number one, do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. And verse 37, he says, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. We're we supposed to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat. And Jesus says, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they found out and they said, five loaves and two fish. Listen, when we, when we do what only you can do, look at the disciples. They just listened to what Jesus said to do. And they listened to what Jesus commanded them to do. Go and see. And for that little boy, he gave all he had. And my question to you is, this morning is, do you listen to Jesus when he commands you to do something? When he commands you to, and when he tells you, and we say command is just such a hard word. Well, sometimes he needs to do that. Do you listen when he tells you to tell your friends about Jesus uh, or about himself? Do you listen when he says you don't need to go to that party or you don't need to send that picture on Snapchat or you don't need to do this, that, or the other? Do you listen? 
Do you listen? And at some point, we have to just kind of let go as we talked about earlier and surrender and say, God, I trust you with everything. Just like the little boy said. He said, I don't have much. He said, I have this, my lunch. My mama packed it. That's all I have. And Jesus said, I can use that. And that leads us to number two. We need to trust that Jesus will do what he will do. We need to trust that Jesus will do what he will do. Because it's interesting, verse 41, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he also divided the two fish among them. And they ate and everybody was happy and they all took a nap and they left away hungry after they woke up. Is that what verse 42 says? Oh, oh, it says they, they all ate and they gave each other a high five and then they went home and they got another little snack. Is that what happened? Or maybe, maybe your version says they ate and they still wanted some more. And they said, Jesus, can we have seconds? Can we go through the line one more time? Can you, can you reach down in that basket just to see if there's maybe six more fish? I could really use some more. Is that what they said? Is that what your version says? I don't know. My, what does your version say? And the disciples, excuse me, verse 42, they all ate and were what? Satisfied. And when Jesus does what Jesus will do, he satisfies your hunger. He satisfies the places in your heart that you don't want to give up. And when we do give it up and when you do say, okay, God, you can have it all. I trust it all. I surrender all to you, Jesus. He comes in and says, here I am. And he leaves us satisfied. And so many of us in this room right now, we don't know what that's like. We don't know what it's like to be satisfied in Jesus. We don't know what it's like to just go, okay, you can have it all. Now I can see you. Now I can know you. Now my heart has a song to sing. Here I surrender now and forever. And when we sing these words, we can only just sing them because they're on a screen. We really can't sing them from our hearts because we're holding back some stuff. And so my question this morning is what happens after you do that? What happens after you do what you can do and you give things to God and then and you give and hand over all that you have to Jesus and Jesus leaves you satisfied? What happens? What happens? Because it doesn't end there. I want you to understand it doesn't stop right there. There's more to the story. Check out. Verse 42 and 43. They all ate more satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. When Jesus blesses, he blesses to overflow. He blesses to overflow. And he just doesn't want to fill your cup just to the top and make you feel good. And you say, man, I'm satisfied. Because too many times we'll go away from Jesus and too many times we'll do our own thing and we'll just start kind of fading back. 
We'll kind of revert back to our old lives. Man, I've done it. You've done it. You know what it's like. You're rocking with Jesus and you've been to youth camp. You're rocking with Jesus. You've been to K-Life. You've been to all these different things. Young life, you've been, you've, you've been surrounded by Christians and you're at these conferences and you're shouting and singing and praising and your hand, there's nothing that anyone can do to put your hand down when you're at those conferences, when you're at those retreats. But a week goes by, two weeks go by, and you get back to normal life, if you will. And you find that you don't lift your hands anymore. You don't close your eyes. You don't worship with your whole heart. You find that when you're in a room alone and you're lonely and you start doing things you don't need to do and watching things you don't need to watch, you start texting people you don't need to text. And in those moments... We have to be reminded and we have to go back to our satisfaction in Christ and then get filled back up again. A friend of mine says, you know, I don't, I'm not a part of a religion. He said, religion is like a cup with a hole in it. I can keep trying to fill it up and I keep trying to pour in with stuff I do and things I say and the things I don't do. I don't watch radar movies and I don't listen to secular music and I, I don't hang out, uh, you know, I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't run with girls that do and, and like, I don't, that was a joke by the way, but I don't do these things and I don't and I don't and I do do these things and, and like I read my Bible and I have my quiet time and I keep pouring in. I go to church sometimes and, and I keep pouring in but the more you pour in that religion you just keep flowing out because it never leaves you satisfied and that's where the relationship comes in. And that's why I've said for 15 months that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to be the first thing he thinks about and that you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about before you close your eyes and go to sleep and everywhere in between. It's about a relationship. And the same God who took this bread and this fish and divided it out can do some miraculous things in your world. But here's what you have to do. Listen to me just for a second. Look up here for a second. This is what you have to do. Look at me. You have to let him. You have to let them. You have to let them. And my prayer for you this week is that you do. You say, you know what? I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I'm going to let Jesus not only be my Savior, but the Lord of my life. And so maybe that causes some changes in your life. But let me tell you, Jesus is so much better. Jesus is so much better. Look up here again. I love you guys. And I don't preach this stuff to nag or get on your nerves or try to belittle you. I, I teach this stuff and I, I preach this stuff and I tell you this stuff because I love you. And I see a room full of world changers. And I'm not talking about big world like earth. I'm talking about your schools and your campuses and your friends and your ball teams. That's what I'm talking about. That's your world that you live in and you can change it. You have the power, especially if you know Christ.
And so what if this week we just do it? We just do it. Let me pray for you. God, I love you, and I thank you for my friends. I thank you for these teenagers, and I just pray that this morning, Lord, that we're encouraged by your word, a familiar story that we've heard so many times. But God, I pray that we'll be encouraged to know you more and have this relationship deepened in you. So Lord, as we go to big church, as we worship you, Lord, may we continue our worship time. Maybe this morning, Lord, we don't hold back. And this morning as we open up your word, I pray that, we would, that you would speak to us even more so, God. So Lord, I love you. And I thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Bring us back here tonight where we can dive in even more so. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Y'all have a great, great worship time. And I'll see you guys tonight.